Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. This season is all about moms, and I am personally thankful to honor my mom, Shari, as she has these conversations with moms each week in different stages of motherhood. And today's guest is Michelle Myers. Shari and Michelle have a great conversation for us to listen to, so let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to the next episode in our season where we're doing on motherhood. I have a friend with me today. Her name is Michelle Myers, and I can't actually remember where I met Michelle. I feel like it was in the Biltmore Church lobby the first time when my husband spoke there, and we just kind of met casually. And then over the years, we've just kind of had um, meals together. And then I spoke at an event that she does with her ministry called She Works His Way. So we got to hung out, hang out doing that. And we just hung out over the weekends every time Clayton goes to Biltmore and then even on dates, double dates with her husband. So this has been really fun because um, I've gotten to know Michelle um, and her heart for women is just amazing. She has a ministry called She Works His Way for women who want to keep their life and um, have a good perspective on their family, but then also work life. So how can you succeed in both areas? How you how can you succeed in your career, but also succeed in your family and in your relationship with God and not feel like um, you're forsaking one for the other? So she has a husband named James and three kids as well, and I'll let her tell you all about her kids a little bit too because this is an episode on motherhood. Um, she loves the lake and the beach and exercising every weekday morning. Go you, Michelle, because I'm just trying to get three a week, so there we go. Um, but she always chooses French fries over the side salad, and I have to tell you guys, I actually went through McDonald's and got some fries the other day because my husband and I watched a Jim Gaffigan comedy special and he was talking about fries the whole time and I just couldn't resist. And so it was just in my brain. And so on my way home from class, I bought fries. And so when I saw fries on here, I just thought, (laughs) oh gosh, (laughs) I like fries too, but I have to say no a lot because man, those McDonald's fries are my weakness. So Michelle, will you just... um, Take a minute to introduce yourself a little bit more. I'm so glad to be with you here, or for you to be with me, not really in person, but over Zoom today. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm so excited to be here too. So we live in Asheville, North Carolina. My husband is the discipleship pastor and the Arden campus pastor for Biltmore Church, and we have three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so my oldest is almost 10. He's at that point where he's angry if I say nine, we're that close. My middle is seven, and then my youngest finally had a girl, so two boys at the top, and then my youngest is four, and her name is Shay. Mm -hmm. And you already told them about the ministry that is my happy place. I just love encouraging women to understand, like, I, I feel like we push life balance on women all the time which is impossible. It's just mm-hmm. a sham to have a balanced life. And yeah. so constantly, we, we constantly say all this time is we just want to straighten each other's shoulders and point them at Jesus. Yeah. And understanding that life throws you a lot of responsibilities and it's understanding 
which responsibilities are like ultimate things and they have to be prioritized appropriately in order to be able to feel like the home is functioning at its max capacity. Yeah. And I think that what we were talking about actually before, we should have recorded it right before we started, but we were talking a little bit about life during the pandemic. And I just mentioned that I just started um, my Greek class for this semester. And my break was really rough um, because over the break, I was doing makeup work uh, for my class for the first two weeks because I had COVID. So I finished three days before Christmas Um, Clayton really did all of our Christmas shopping because I just really couldn't go there. Um, and then we decided to take a trip really fast. We went to Costa Rica. It was just six days. I know y'all are probably going, you did this during a pandemic, but we had all had COVID. So we just figured why not? Actually Clayton hadn't, but he thought he was impervious to it. And so (laughs) then we got back and, um, and Clayton got COVID. Yay. Mm -hmm. And so then just straight after that, my dad died and Clayton was supposed to do the funeral and he didn't. So my brother and I did it. So I spent the next last part of my break processing my dad's death and trying to figure out how do I do this funeral but still grieve and handle this whole situation, knowing that I was supposed to be studying the entire break so that when I came back in for my next semester of Greek, I would be prepared. Well, that didn't happen. So I told Michelle I had to put my successful drive to the side for my first quiz back. Um, And I just told my professor, look, I've been like trying to absorb a lot of stress right now, and I really didn't get to study a lot, so I probably bombed that first quiz but I just told Michelle, C's get degrees, <laughs> you know, right. so I'm That's not right. worried about it. I really am getting a degree to learn. And mm-hmm. so I want to learn this Greek, but I wasn't in a place to really be able to um, do that over the break. And so I had to just decide this isn't what I can do now. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with just whatever grade I gr- get on that quiz mm-hmm. when I come back. And I'll get my feet out uh, back under me at some point. But in that moment, in that space, I needed to spend time with my brother. I needed to spend time crying with my husband. I needed to just go into that place instead of um, checking out. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's what your ministry is all about, is Mm -hmm. helping women to see where they are and, and where they need to be placing their time and how they can do that in a healthy way. Yeah, there's an analogy that dates back, I'm pretty sure, to the 1980s. It was a founder of Coca-Cola. He was giving a commencement address at an Ivy League school, and he was talking to them about how you're about to enter into the work for, field, and mm-hmm. you're about to have more responsibility. A lot of you are getting married and heading into all of these other seasons, and what I need you to know is you've got balls that you're going to be juggling but what you have to identify is the ones that are glass and the ones that are rubber. Mm. Because if a glass ball falls, it breaks, it's traumatic, and it's one of the ones that you don't wanna let drop. But if a rubber ball falls, like it just bounces. Yeah. And so many times I think that we, again, if we're trying to live this balanced life and we're acting like every single ball that we're holding is rubber, or if every single one is glass, then we're not appropriately understanding, okay, listen, if that ball drops right now in another season, in another life stage, not in a pandemic, 
I normally wouldn't let that ball drop. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Right now, I have to let it drop. And it's okay because it's just going to bounce when it falls. Yeah. And I'll pick it back up. So just keeping yeah. that perspective. That's a great analogy because I remember when I was telling my professor, look, I'm just going to take the grade I get. He even gave me, he said, look, if you need time or want to retake that test. And I just looked at him and I said, I just can't have any more weight on me. I just want to keep going, do what I can do, and we'll just figure it all out later. I'll just receive what it is. I mean, I can't control what's happening in my life. I can only do my best with what I have right now, you know? So will you tell me a little bit about how um, some of the decisions that you made and how you personally handled the first semester of this Mm -hmm. school year? Without knowing how all of the other dominoes are going to fall, I feel like it's time for us to make a decision for our family. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that homeschool was a big decision. Mm -hmm. It was not one to take lightly. It was one that James and I were going to have to be on the same page mm-hmm. together about. And like it was, P.S., something I said I would never do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and that was like probably like the one never that I was like, this one, I know you never tell God never, but like this one is so never that it's okay <laughs> to say. Like yeah. that was, I have a family that has all, they all have education degrees and I don't. And yes. so I, kept praying and it was it was not one of those prayers where I was like okay god i i don't like that i feel like this is what you're asking me to pray about because i don't feel qualified mm-hmm. i don't think that i have enough time to give adequate attention to both and so if this is the direction that you want for our family you are going to have to convict me and remember how stubborn I am. (laughs) And so I just continued and it slowly, like I felt like every time I prayed about homeschooling, instead of the like staunch, no, absolutely not feeling, I started to feel like the peace of in any other season, would I have thought that this would have been our best option? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But with the information that I have right now and where we are, I do feel like this is our best option. And I kept, rather than like resistance, I started feeling a peace. Don't want to go as far to say excitement because I was still like just very, I don't know what this is going to look like. Yeah. But God, I'm going to trust you with it. was more like, I'm going to trust you with the things I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust you with the calendar. I'm going to trust you that you're going to equip us to be able to do what we need to be able to do in this season as a family. Yeah. And so we did, I didn't do it by myself. I I did have help here uh, last semester. And so Lauren was a, played a big part in making all of that possible just because with their different grades, but I, I researched to find curriculum that would allow one lesson to be taught. And then mm-hmm. they did worksheets afterwards that were reading level and grade and age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, honestly, I think the part that I enjoyed the most, cause I, I can, I'm not going to sit here and say that the academic part was fun and enjoyable. It, I have very different kids with different strengths, different weaknesses, different learning styles. Um, when people would ask me, 
How is homeschool going? I literally gave like a string of adjectives that made absolutely no sense in conjunction <laughs> with one another. Yeah. I'd be like, it's awesome and it's awful and it's stressful and it's awesome. And it's, they, they, it made no sense, but that was genuinely how it was. It was nice to have slower mornings where I wasn't trying to get everybody fed breakfast with the lunch out the door in the uniform with the backpack packed and the library book and who has PE today. And yeah. so that part of it, it was, it was nice to have a slower pace in the morning, which allowed us to have a more intentional Bible study where we really dug into God's word together. And we studied Noah's Ark and we studied Jonah and we studied the Ten Commandments and then how Jesus simplified them. So we did like this whole thing of loving God and loving others. And so we, there was a lot of flexibility on the Bible front that I really felt like gave me, it helped me to see how I had made excuses and prioritized other things for not mm. intentionally discipling my kids more. Mm. To where I was like, okay, prayerfully, we will not have another academic year like this. Mm. And we will be back into a traditional school setting. But I don't want this part of it to go away. Yeah. And so if for no other reason, we did it to help me realize that I can have deeper biblical conversations, even though my kids are smaller, yeah. and start planning those seeds and just listening to their questions. Yes. And Kids have some great questions if you let them ask you or you bring up yes. something that is complicated and doesn't make sense because they're going to ask the questions that you haven't thought about for a really long time. All yes. the simple, super deep questions that you just, for whatever reason, have taken for granted that you know or maybe just forgot that you wondered, you know? Or like even just like my two older boys are walking with the Lord. They've made decisions for Christ and really getting into those deep spiritual conversations where like the Holy Spirit jumps into your kid's mouth because there is no such thing as the Holy Spirit Jr. Like he's <laughs> yeah, just good. And that part was worth every argument over multiplication, every fight over phonics like it was it was truly like I pray it changed the trajectory of our home and the discussions that we can have yeah for forever well and because um because when you begin to if you do it early enough I believe when you begin to show your kids that you're someone who can engage them in those conversations and that you are the person for whom they should engage, the, you know, when they're little enough, they know they continue to they can continue to ask you those questions, mm -hmm. and that you're able to have those conversations with them, and not just the Sunday school teacher, or not just say their pastor or small group leader or whatever. But I think it's almost ushering yourself into that place in their life mm -hmm. if you haven't already done it. And so, I think that sometimes we as parents, you know maybe feel intimidated by that role. Um, but I think doing it young is so important. Jacob and I had a conversation the other day where um, I can't remember what he was telling me, but I just thought, 
oh my goodness, he is telling me something I literally just learned a couple of semesters ago in seminary that oh, I had awesome. never thought about. And my son is learning it at age 18. And so mm-hmm. what I think is really neat is that um, all of the years of me studying the Bible and pouring into him have given him a foundation for him to actually start building on himself. And he's learning things earlier than I have in my life, which is just so beautiful because mm. I think that's what it means to have a spiritual leg- legacy or heritage yeah, because you're pouring into your kids things that you maybe didn't know when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And they can't learn everything, obviously, but they learn, they have their own journey of learning. Um, but I think we can start them out, uh, not better, but um, maybe better equipped or yeah. just with a greater foundation um, if we really are intentional. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you're saying is like yeah. walking into that place. And I'll be honest, like transitioning and fast forwarding into this semester when they are back in school, mm-hmm. that transition has not been super smooth. It wasn't mm. like, oh, they're back in the school building and I get my work hours and my office back and the house is quiet and we're all just happy. Like <laughs> the they're playing catch up because we did different things last yeah. semester. And so the the academics part of trying to catch them up in addition to staying in pace with where the class is moving forward has not been super simple, but the moments when like I stay encouraged because in some of those moments where I feel like, did I make the wrong decision? And were we not supposed to, I'll get into another conversation with them about something that happened in school and they'll recall something that helped them like in a friend situation that we studied in the Bible together. And it's almost like this sweet reminder from Jesus. Like, no, 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 no. This, remember this, anchor, anchor yourself in this and what they learned there. Cause again, they're first grade and third grade. I'm not saying those grades aren't important, but I'm confident in them that they will catch up Yeah, and they will get that. But the, the intentional conversations that we were able to have that they have remembered. Mm-hmm. They might have forgotten some of the facts <laughs> that we learned at home last semester, but like that, those were things that they've they've held on to. And so even though we've we've had some stressful homework nights moving forward, like those I'm I'm choosing to let those anchor moments of the spiritual truths that I know that they will need and use for the rest of their life to be my confidence that we did what God wanted us to do for our family last semester. Yeah. I had some moments like that where I just was like our homeschool curriculum, the way that I taught was just different than the way Mm -hmm. that the schools teach, you know? And so there are moments when they go in where you're just terrified that you didn't give them everything they needed. Um, And I remember those, but I also think that um, teaching your kids how to learn is more Mm -hmm. important than teaching them the information sometimes because so true. there were some things that Joseph came in with math. It was just completely different how we taught it. Um, mm-hmm. But he caught up within, I think, uh, a month. They had to move him up to advanced, you know. So wow. I think that, you know, I don't know. That's what I got from it. So we're going to take a break right now. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the emails that you've received, Michelle, from women and some of the questions that they've had. 
Hey listeners, we just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about one of the most exciting parts of our ministry's calendar year, Crossroads Summer Camp. We get it. Making a camp decision is difficult. There's lots of things to consider like travel, price, and even just deciding if a camp is a good fit for your group. So what if we told you that we work extra hard to make our camp in Anderson, South Carolina, the easiest experience from start to finish? We not only pour into your students through dynamic teaching, powerful worship, and amazing community, we pour into the leaders as well. If you're looking for a camp that won't break the bank, that has a ton of fun, that will give your students a transformative experience and not make you want to retire early, Crossroads Summer Camp could be for you. Clayton and Shari teach the gospel in a clear way on your students' level. We feel sure that you're going to love it. Check out the dates and learn more at CrossroadSummerCamp.com. It'll be the best week of your summer. Okay, back to the show. Okay, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you forgot, we're talking to my friend Michelle Myers, uh, who has a ministry called She Works His Way. And she has received a bunch of emails from women asking her relevant questions for this pandemic time of motherhood. So, Michelle, I just want to get to some of these questions. Um, the first one that you sent to me uh, was this. How do I still make our home feel like home when it has become school and a workplace? That is hard. <laughs> I mean, I think, honestly, just knowing that so many people have had this question may at least just make you feel normal. Um So for us, it was more about making sure that we were putting the appropriate boundaries in place because it's not necessarily, you can't change the walls of the home. But what I can say is, okay, I'm going to leave my phone on the charger until 8 a.m. And then at 8 p.m. or 5 p.m. or whatever the time is, it's going to go back on the charger and I'm going to put my phone to bed so that I am creating at least a boundary to where the people that are not in this household cannot get a hold of me. Mm. And so I think that that is part of it, even just because like our, our phones became our community and our place of connection. And so even for those of us that pre-pandemic had relatively good boundaries with our phones, all of a sudden, you know, Zoom is how we're having connect group. Zoom is how we're having game night with friends. Zoom is how our kids are seeing grandparents. And so just evaluating habits and saying, okay, if I want to feel like their mom and not their teacher or not any of those things between these hours, then what are the distractions and eliminating those and everybody being honest about what those things need to be. Um, And then two, just prioritizing having fun and doing something to break up the routine. And I feel like the majority of these kept coming in as the weather got colder and people felt like, well, we can't get outside and there's less that we can do indoors. And so, because I remember even when this first started in March being like, oh, 
praise God that like we are in more warmer weather. This would be so much harder in the winter. And it is. Yeah, it is. And so, but I think even just I vocalizing it out loud to my kids and letting them hear like, hey, listen, I can't imagine what it feels like to have this space that used to just be the place where you play the Nintendo Switch is now <laughs> your classroom. Like, yeah. I know that's hard, but even just seeing the relief in their face for everybody to talk about it and then everybody coming together to make a plan of what we need to do to make this feel like home and to make it look like fun and to have clear boundaries for when school is over and giving your kids ownership of their role in it too. Mm. of being able to say, hey, listen, I want school to be able to be done by this time. Yeah. But that means that we have to be able to accomplish these things. So that means attitudes need to be great. We need to put our best effort forward and like putting some of that ownership on them too and not just the pressure on me to push through to make a certain timeline happen, but getting them to come in the mix on it. And so... and. I promise you, um, they loved the responsibility of me telling them, hey, listen, um, I'm going to stop work at this time. And does it mean, because I know that there's a lot of moms that maybe when their kids have been in school, they're like, I don't work when my kids are home and you don't have that luxury anymore. Yeah. And you can't have those clear boundaries that you used to have. Then I think telling them, okay, listen, these are my boundaries and it's okay that our boundaries have had to change to where you see me working now and I can't just work when you're not here. Yeah. But also like when I come out of my office and I'm mom, if my phone is in my hand and we're not doing something like Angry Birds or FaceTime mm -hmm. and I, you catch me working, you get to take my phone out of my hand if you feel like I'm not paying attention to you. My nine-year-old only had to do that about three times before I was like, that's terrible. And I don't like that. And I don't want that to happen again. So just yeah. like we tell our kids, like your choices have consequences. Like Our choices some, have consequences. Yeah, too. Put, yeah. Some, put some skin in the game as a parent of giving your kids some of this to where it does feel like more of a team effort versus this is all on me. Yeah. So those were some of the things we did. That's good. And I would think that the when, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking if I'm a listener and I'm hearing what you're saying, some of the struggle as a parent who's also working is the pandemic was scary financially. You know, if I don't work like crazy, am I going to make it financially? So that's one fear, I think, to mm -hmm. talk about with your spouse or just to like face up with, you know, to, to yourself and with, or with a friend, have a discussion about that if you happen to be a single mom. Yeah. I can't imagine what that would be like, too. And so just talking about the fears of limiting that time. And then mm -hmm. the other thing, um, so I just did a podcast with Amanda Benedict, um, and she was talking about allowing your kids and giving them permission to voice how they feel and to name how they feel. Mm -hmm. And so what I hear from you right now is one hurdle to overcome in this uh, don't keep your fears inside that your kids aren't going to love home or love school. Mm -hmm. Have a discussion about it. And sometimes the standards and the the like um, the walls that we set or the guidelines that we set as a family need to be reevaluated. Maybe they don't work and you come back and you talk about it again and you change it kind of like a coach mm -hmm. in a game and they call a play, but that didn't work. And why didn't it work? Let's 
figure that out and call a different play and figure that yeah. out. So I think that's the same thing for at home. I love well, that I advice. We want to try to protect them and shield them. Mm-hmm. But we can't fully protect them. They've been mm-hmm. affected. Yeah. Their, their school has been changed. Their church has been ta- changed. Like you can't shield them and protect their innocence in this. And yeah. so if we try to completely protect them and we don't talk to them about it at all, then they're probably going to write their own narrative. Yeah. That's of true. what's happening. And so even though like, I, I don't, I just, oh, I don't want to talk about it with them. I, I, I don't want them to feel that. I don't, yeah. There's certain things I don't want them to know, but yeah. I can't. This is, this is what, this is the time that God has called them to live to. Yeah. And so I have to open my hands a little bit and trust that he's going to keep his promises, not just to me, but to them too. How do I um, keep myself together when my margin has disappeared? So that's huge. I think everyone's feeling that. Um, There's not a ton of margin, especially for moms. I think for dads too, of course. But um, if the dads have continued to be able to work a little bit more, you know, Mm -hmm. I think the moms feel like they're carrying, they're carrying a lot right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what would, what would you say to that? Oh, I <laughs> wish that Zoom had a hug feature, podcast <laughs> had a hug feature, because like that's probably the question that I feel the the deepest um, of. It is so hard, but basically what you have to be able to do is you have to figure out what is something that I would normally do in a given season And how do I replace that with some margin just for me to be able to have fun? Like, and I know how heavy this season is and it feels so weird to have to give people permission to have some fun. Yeah. Um, Because honestly, sometimes I think you can feel like, am I, there's so much happening in the world. Like, am I allowed to have fun? Like Mm -hmm. you, you still have to, take care of yourself. You may be a person where fun comes easy, but if you're not a person where fun comes easy, yeah. like then like genuinely make a list of things that you enjoy and prioritize those into your week. And it might be something really, really small that yeah. some people might not count as fun. Yeah. But when, all in- when, Oh, sorry. One no, thing no, that, it just has to be fun for you. Yeah, and one thing that we've done now, I don't know where you're living. Maybe if you're living in the city with like an HOA, you can't do this. But we have a fire pit outside of our mm-hmm. house. And so in an effort to recycle, we burn our boxes. But also we, you know, pick up limbs around the yard. And, and so we'll have people over outside where you're far away and you know Mm -hmm. that's one thing that we do is just make a fire sit around the fire and talk and you don't have to go camping to have a campfire you know and so I think that's one thing that we've done because it's a little bit safer to be outside but it's Mm -hmm. cold right now and so maybe your fire time doesn't last as long but you've you've done something I think it's just a matter of like planning that and making it happen Yes. And I think if you're not a person that loves calendars, I 
I like calendars sort of, but I also get mad at the calendar. Like I don't want it to control me and I get mad about it. But when I realize that my, if I make a calendar and I make a schedule and I, and I block out these times, I'm a healthier person, first of all, Mm -hmm. and I get more done and I feel more satisfied with how my day has gone. Because if I don't have a plan, sometimes I let my day waste away. And Mm -hmm. while I think think that I don't want my calendar to control me. It actually puts me in a better place. (laughs) So I think it's like this weird, I have this weird internal fight, you know, I'm not writing down what I have to do because this calendar is not going to tell me what to do and, you know, or whatever. I don't know. It's stupid. I don't know why I'm wired that way. But when I do it, I always feel more accomplished. So, and I think the other thing is making a calendar feels like and planning times with your family feels like so much work. It feels like you're wasting time on the front end. Um, and all of this time that you could be spending doing something else, but it saves you so much time. Mm -hmm. If you really look at your week, you realize that did save me time. I didn't have an argument with my son about the fact that he didn't tell me something and now we have, you know, so man, calendars can feel constricting, but they're actually so good and freeing Mm -hmm. if you can like get into that routine of doing that. Um, so I want to end on like two questions. Um, one is, will you just talk about, um, the issue of money, um, and how I know one of the questions was, is it even possible to be a dual income family right now? Should one of us just quit our jobs? So that was, that's a hard one, right? Um, and then the other one is, um, the feeling like you're losing in every area of your life that you just can't seem to do any of them right. So if you'll just like, close out with those two questions. I think those are key and I can, I can see people wanting to hear about these <laughs> for sure. Oh, so the, is it even possible to be a dual income family right now? I remember back in April, I don't remember the name, but there was a um, psychologist that basically said parenting and teaching and working like your career they are three different jobs and so what working parents are being asked to do right now is not just hard it's impossible Mm -hmm. and i remember that being like the most like (sighs) Mm. thank you thank you because i'm not at full speed or normal capacity in any of these areas and so i think just acknowledging that those are three separate things and trying to do them all at the same time, it's not going to be at the same level of performance. Mm -hmm. And so I I wish that I could tell everybody in a perfect world, someone probably should be at home all the time to help manage virtual school. And that is not likely for a lot of households. Mm -hmm. And so rather than should I should I quit and should I be frustrated? I think what you've got to do is you've got to give yourself a lot of grace. And I also think it probably requires a serious conversation if you're married with your spouse about expectations of what realistically do we have to have? Are we being realistic with our budget? Are there areas where we can cut where one of us maybe could scale back if it's not quit, but scale back a little bit to get us through this? Or could we bring in somebody that could help to where like, do we have the finances to be able to prioritize that way if one of us slowing down at work is an option? Like, 
I think it just requires honesty, sacrifice, like, and some, it may be a financial sacrifice. It may be an ego sacrifice. Like, I don't know what has to be sacrificed, but I think expecting things to be normal when it's not normal is only going to cause more tension and more frustration. And so make sure that you are prioritizing appropriately and, and go from there. But, Oh, it's, it is so hard on so many levels for, in so many different ways. Like, it's not like I I can't just simplify it to, right. This is the struggle and this is the solution. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the reality of everyone is having to shift and do things that they wouldn't normally do. Give others grace and give yourself grace too. Yeah, and maybe um, I think that this is a season in which we're all having to readjust our expectations on all, our performance level in all areas. So when we enter into a triggered life, um, we just like when we respond also as people who are going to just get set off, then I just think that doesn't present the best picture of Christ. Um mm-hmm. Clayton and I were actually having a discussion about the fact that um, God's plans and promises have happened over thousands and thousands of years. It usually doesn't happen within one lifetime of one person. You know, you, Mm -hmm. you, you have to actually like from Abraham all the way to Jesus that, you know, Jesus is a fulfillment of what Abraham was promised. Abraham never saw it and neither did anyone in between him and Jesus. And so, um, I think that we have to realize that we are one um, one peg in a giant wheel of what's going on in this world. And so if we can consistently remain faithful and um, and healthy, people will notice that. And, and I think that we are a people that are supposed to be providing that message of faithfulness and peace. Um, but we have to receive that from God um, mm-hmm. in order to give that to others. And if we're trying to instead be people who are waving the flag of American success and independence and rights, that's not necessarily that that's not actually, I'm not even going to say that's not necessarily, that is not the gospel. That's right. Um, that is American idealism. Um, yeah. And so we have to, I think, separate uh, what is God's message? What is the world's message? And which one am I chasing and trying yes. to find satisfaction in? And so I think that what you're saying about um, can we be a dual income family? That just may end up being a hard conversation. Where you're right, we have to decide: Are there financial things that I'm going to have to sacrifice? Are there other sacrifices that I'm going to have to make? Um, maybe we are dual income, but our life looks. A little bit tight right now and we Mm -hmm. give our spouse and our children grace because we are experiencing stress Mm. Um, but we learn how to give that stress the right place like how to Mm. process it in the right way Um, maybe we don't have as many vacations or eat out as much you know I mean Mm. there's just there there are some I think Mm. things that we have to adjust and then Losing in every area of your life, I think that kind of plays into what we're talking about mm-hmm. is just feeling like I'm not feeling like a success like I did before. Mm. Um, but that, um, but what is success? You know, I guess that's right. like we have to ask ourselves, 
maybe sit down and say, if I feel like I'm losing, what is it that I am losing? And what is my definition of success? That's right. You know? Yeah. And reevaluating that. And not just with yourself, but like with your spouse. And Clayton helped me with that, with that grade. He said, Shari, you've been through a lot. And I don't like to use the word trauma, but I think that sometimes uh, because I have, I've had a past of abuse, I don't really want to use that as an excuse to say, well, I'm going through trauma. So this is what's, I'm always the person like try to push through. But the reality is we're all experiencing something we never expected. Right. And so we're responding in ways that we probably never respect, uh, expected and which seems strange to us. And so Mm -hmm. we are going through in a sense, a trauma because we don't, we can't control what's happening. We can only learn how to respond in the most healthy way. And so we need to seek guidance for that from the Lord and from the people around us. And we need to listen, I think, when the people who love us are telling us things. And so um, Clayton just, he said, Char, you are a performer. You like to do well. This may not be a time when you're going to do as well as you normally would, but that's okay. Your dad died, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, this is just where you are. So I think like what you're saying, reevaluate. You know, it doesn't make you less of a person if you don't feel as successful. In fact, I think sometimes when we're feeling less successful, Mm -hmm. looking at why we feel that way and and letting the Lord show us some place where we're weak is actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) one of the most successful things that you can do for Mm -hmm. you as a person. So absolutely. anyway, there's just preaching right there and just thought I would (laughs) say a message. Um, Is there anything that you want to leave us with, uh, leave the listeners with today, Michelle? Just on that last thought on feeling like you're failing everywhere. um, I saw something get passed around in Instagram stories over the last 24 hours. And it was all women who were sharing it, but it was basically Something that said, you know, we're expecting working mothers to work as if they don't have children. And we're expecting women, mothers to raise children as if they don't work. Mm -hmm. And I understand that that as a general rule of thumb, that that may be true for a lot of people who have changed expectations. But the thing that bothered me was the fact that it said we. Who is we? And who's we? And so can we change we to they? Mm. Because as long as I expect is not in that, then you don't have to put that kind of pressure on yourself. As long as you understand, I am a working mom who is raising kids and working. And I know what's most important I am going to prioritize what is most important, but I don't have expectations on myself to work as if I don't have kids and I don't expect myself to raise my children and, you know, be the, the room mom and the the Pinterest mom and all of these other things. Like, like I don't work as long as you can keep 
yourself away from having those expectations, then you don't have to feel the weight of the world's expectations. Yeah, that's good. And so release yourself even yeah. from perpetuating that message mm-hmm. and decide I'm going to, I, I want to, I want to remove myself from feeling that. Yeah. Um, your expectations, so. your expectations can be different than the yes. ones that you hear yes. or see or yes. maybe are comparing yourself to someone else. That's yes. the biggest trap ever. Yes. Well, Michelle, this has been awesome. I wish we could do this forever, um, but maybe I'll see you this weekend. Yes. Yay. And um, Overcoming Monday listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode where we're providing you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. Um, I really do hope that this episode on motherhood with Michelle has been enlightening and encouraging for you. So if you have any comments or questions, you can DM me at shariking 99 or at Overcoming Monday on Instagram. Also, you can follow Michelle on um, is it at Michelle L. Myers? Is that right? Got it. Okay. Or at She Works His Way. If you want to find a little bit more, find out a little bit more about her ministry, um, please know we'd love to receive your feedback and ideas on future podcast episodes. And we'd really appreciate any of your like star ratings or reviews. Please do that for us so that our podcast can reach more people. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for joining us today on Overcoming Monday. We wanted to take a moment to just thank all of the faithful supporters that have given to Clayton King Ministries. We've seen our friends step up in an amazing way, even in the midst of a global pandemic and an overall difficult year, and allows us to keep preaching the gospel and making disciples. We couldn't do half of the things that we do without you. If you feel led to help us continue reaching students, church leaders, and podcast listeners like yourself, go to claytonking.com give to make a tax-deductible donation today. All of us at Clayton King Ministries really appreciate it. Again, this podcast happens because of listeners like you. Share with friends, follow Shari on Instagram and Facebook, and follow Overcoming Monday as well. We hope that this has been a great experience for you. We hope we have given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough.